Welcome, welcome, welcome to Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we are here to challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. And today we are going to be talking about how to heal your relationship with yourself. So just kind of going back to a little bit what we talk about in the Rediscover You Free program, we have three things that we are always working towards. We are helping you heal your relationship with food. We are helping you heal your relationship with your body. And we are helping you heal your relationship with yourself. Because a lot of times, if you struggle with things like binge eating, a lot of times it comes from a disconnection to self and not feeling like we can trust ourselves. That's really the basis of any good relationship. The foundation of any good relationship is trust. And I want you to think about this. So many of us, we're so good about keeping our word and being impeccable with our word when it comes to other people. If we tell someone else that we're going to do something, if we tell someone else that we're going to be there, come hell or high water, we're going to be there. But for some reason, when we tell ourselves, when we say that I'm going to make sure that I'm going to go to the gym today, or I'm going to make sure that I'm going to meal prep, or I'm going to make sure that I, I take time to meditate or go for a walk. For some reason, Oftentimes, when we make promises to ourselves, we do not hold ourselves to that same standard. And the problem is that every time we do that, we erode that foundation of trust with ourselves and we erode that relationship with ourselves. So today, Vic and I are going to be talking about how, like, what small steps you can do to start rebuilding that foundation of trust with yourself. So hello, Miss Vic. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, last week, we chatted a little bit about one of the books that I'm reading that you are going to read soon. Um, just a, It's called First Things First by Stephen Covey. And there's also a couple, Roger and Rebecca Merrill, that also are tuning in in the book as well. Um, but it was just kind of, I was just kind of thinking about one of the things they talk about is integrity and basically like thinking of it as like a bank account and that you can make deposits and you can make withdrawals. And after our, our conversation previous to our us hitting record, um, I think it'll just be interesting to chat about. And really, while it was like really cool to read in the book, I was also just like reflecting last night on my walk. Like these are things that I've been doing this past year and just like making these little deposits into my little integrity bank account. And when I like kind of look at the big picture of like what's really changed, it's really that I've tried my best to stick with saying, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And, and while the things like that are for other people are important, like healing that relationship with myself and being like, no, I'm going to go to the gym today and I'm going to go for a walk outside and get some sun and go do this or go do like that has been more impactful than anything. Like being able to know that I'm not just going to make commitments to everyone else and then just be like, it is what it is when it comes to me. Oh, this is, I'm not going to lie. This is still something I struggle with in certain areas of my life. Like when it comes to 
when it comes to my nutrition, when it comes to my fitness, when it comes to getting my steps and taking sunlight and for the most part, my sleep, (laughs) I I'm, I'm very diligent about keeping those promises to myself when it comes to showing up for work, when it comes to showing up for certain things, like, you know, I'm going to promise to do like, I'll, I'll make little things like I'm going to do outreach at this time. I'm going to, and I schedule it in my calendar Mm -hmm. and then say, I get a phone call from somebody or I like, it's like, I know that that isn't an actual, it's not an actual appointment on the calendar. You know, you and I set, we schedule these podcasts, like that we're going to meet at this time and we schedule it and we, we make sure that we're here and we're here on time. But for some reason in certain areas of my life, I set that intention, I schedule it and I don't honor it. And it Mm -hmm. does kind of, it's, it's frustrating. So I have two things to go with that just from the book, nothing, not straight from my brain, but um, one of the things that we can kind of talk about is having a, um, I want to word it correctly, but a concentration versus a determination. And basically what they say, I'm just going to read the paragraph because it'll put it better into words. So there are determinations or concentrations. You may find it helpful to distinguish between a determination, things that you determine to do no matter what, and concentrations, areas of pursuit where you focus your efforts around. When you set a determination, you put your integrity on the line. This is when it's vital to follow through, to keep your commitment, to do what you said you were going to do. The only valid reason for not sticking to a determination would be if you became thoroughly convinced through conscience and deep self-awareness that the best goal you had set for some reason became only good. Then, and only then, could you change with integrity. When you set a concentration, you identify an area where you decide to focus your time and energy. You seek opportunities to do it, you move towards it, but you don't risk your integrity. And if you don't do it, You'll lose the benefit of that time and energy invested, but you won't be making withdrawals from your personal integrity account. So that I have that. And then one of the things that if you guys read this book or when Kelsey reads it, they talk about like essentially time blocking and that if you set an hour aside for outreach and somebody makes a, like, say it's your brother, Mm -hmm. that is a valued relationship. And you know that you have, you know, the gym in an hour and you have three hours after that, that you can do whatever, like, you know, with integrity that you can make a decision that like, Hey, we're on different time zones. Like he's probably working a lot. Like, this is a great time to make that call. I'm going to choose to just put outreach after the gym and after I, you know, have a post-workout snack or whatever. And so that like obviously outreach is vital for your business and for like meeting the needs of like so many women but that's something that can totally be moved wherever it is in your day and you're also a day ahead in New Zealand so it makes it a little bit better um that's a great like and that's exactly the example that's exactly it because like like yesterday I had had a call from my dad an unexpected call from my dad which means the world to me. And I never want him to feel like he's bothering me or in some way, shape or form, like getting in the way of something. And obviously he's understanding, like if I need to 
you know, reschedule the call, but I want to encourage him to keep calling me at random parts of the day, whenever he's thinking of me, because it means the world to me. And I want to value that time. So you're, you're absolutely right. And that is what I ended up doing yesterday, but it's, it's, and you're right. So this is actually, it's a beautiful, like you said, like where it's based on my own personal values. And at that point, like, it's not like I'm doing this all the time. It's not like it happens all the time. And I have to like, rather than beating myself up for moving something around instead, just recognizing like that was me making a choice based on my personal values, which is in alignment with my integrity. Yeah. And, and one of the things like that they'll get into is like, choose and we go into this like in atomic habits and things like making it easy obvious convenient like making the things that you are going to decide and determine to do easy enough that Mm. you're going to do it because at first especially like with I I just attribute a lot of it like with like my weight loss journey and like healing my relationship with food like it could just have been a walk around the block whereas now like you tell me to go on like I, that is like my most savored time, but to get me to get my shoes on, to get leggings and a tea, like that just seemed like the biggest, like waste of time. But, but I had to start with that, like little deposit of, okay, I'm literally just going to go around the block, like a few hundred feet. And it is what it is versus. And and so once you start building that up with that is going to come a large amount of self-confidence that like it I always like I don't know why I always had thought that like self-confidence was going to be this like focus thing around like appearance it is like it, it it isn't like obviously like I am very content with where I'm at but it's like no I know like the person I am I know the things I'm gonna like it's it's a it's a mindset thing and it's like knowing it's like, I have all of this evidence from the past year and a half, year and a few months. Like, this is who I am. Oh, this is such a, like, I'm like, I'm sitting here just like this concept, like right now, if I can just like take this excerpt out and like show to people, because this is it. So many people think it's like that be, do you have, or have, do be yep. right. They think I have to have the body in order to do the things like in order to to be confident, I have to have the body in order to be confident. No, you have to like do the things you have to be like confidence is going to come. And it isn't like, then you'll have the body as like a byproduct, but it is not the cause and effect. Like confidence comes by building trust with yourself. Confidence comes by you casting those votes, by you proving to yourself that I am somebody that I I really genuinely care about. And because I have confidence, then I do the things to take care of myself. And that's how I have these results. It's not the other way around. I wish I could get that through people's heads, like that it it really has nothing to do with the way that you look. It just doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. And I I mean, like, as your body changes, like, there's new interesting fun that you're like oh that's interesting like I didn't like there are definitely things that I'm experiencing like just weird things like fun exciting things but just like those are a great 
added, you know, like a nice little dessert after Mm -hmm. a good meal. But like, that's, it's not everything because those things waver all the time. Like I'll have a good day with like my body, like nothing bugs me. And then I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm in my yoga, my yoga shorts and I'm in downward dog. And I'm like, wow, there's like more loose skin than there is actual skin. Like, this is great. Like, and, and, but it's just part of it. And it's like, and then I think about it and I go back to like, no, a year ago, I would not like, you would have had to have forced me to like do yoga. And now I'm like, all I want to do is yoga. Like I look forward to it. And I'm like, you know, in different like positions and different things. And I'm like, I wasn't able to do this. Like, this is freaking cool. Like, and I wouldn't have it. It's because I've done it consistently that I'm, you know, able to do those things. And it, it allows me to like get, take myself out of the like self-focus, like, oh my gosh, my body to being like, okay, but I've like established and cultivated this part of my life. And I'm like super flexible now. And I have a lot more mobility, like all of these other things are more worth it than, you know, that one little. But that's how, like, this is why I know, and you know it deep down, like, there's no fear that you'll put the weight back on. Yeah. Like there isn't, because it may, it's, it's impossible. Like, because you're a completely different person. Whereas when you're so focused on the outside that the moment you, the scale goes up or changes any bit, or the moment that you don't like the way that you look, or the moment, like you self-sabotage because you're just like, well, what's the point in doing this anyway? What's the point in even trying anyway? Cause you're so focused on the outside. You're so focused on the, the outcome. Whereas because you focus so inward on your identity and shifting into the person that you are, like there's no way possible that the weight could ever come back. Yeah. Like there's no well, way. And like, even just, back. even like last year at this time, which I'm almost done with 75 hard again, but like even last year at this time, I was trying to make those conscious decisions to show up for myself. And even then, like I, the, the one thing that I was like looking data wise was like my step count, like my activity level. And, and I wasn't waking up, like, I know now, like if I wake up early, like I pretty much not early, early, but like, if I start my day by like seven mm-hmm. AM, six 30, like I know that I'm setting myself up for success because I'm like starting movement early. I'm yep. starting like my tasks early, but I look back on like, even just a year ago, like my steps, like, you know, weren't, are thousands more, but like, if you would have asked me to do that a year ago, I'd have been like, um, <laughs> like I'm doing the most. So when you actually start like making these deposits, when you start doing these little habits, your capacity to add to your life, to take on potentially more things, take away some things grows. Like you're, I wouldn't have thought that this would be like my, my baseline. It's so cool for me because like, I actually was like living with you almost a year ago. And like, I remember like going on all these walks throughout the day. And I remember like, I have videos of us, like me waking up in the early morning and being like, yeah, it's the morning. And like, you'd be like, no, I almost, I almost cursed, but like, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not into that. Like, I'm not a morning person. And you would, you would sleep in, like you totally could sleep in for a long time, which again, guys, we are not putting down sleep. Do not 
feel bad about needing more sleep. Do not feel like you need to like the only way that you can be productive or successful is if you wake up early and be a morning person. That may not be your body and that is not what we are saying. Um, but like, I do, rec- like the biggest thing I think, I, a chunk I want people to understand is it started with a walk around the block. Yeah, It started so small. And notice how long the time horizon is. I just said a year. You know what I mean? Like, and now you're in this place where you freaking love walking. You're getting thousands of steps more. Like you've had a huge shift, but it didn't come. Like the big difference is you didn't overhaul your whole life. You didn't do a 180. You didn't change everything at once. You didn't expect yourself to go and do these massive workouts every single day or to get tens of thousands of steps every single day. It had to start small. You had to keep those super small promises to yourself. It had to be doable for your life and your schedule and where you were in that time of your life then. And then it slowly compounds over time and expands over time. Like you have to be patient with yourself. And I'm talking to myself in my, in different things, different aspects as well. But I just like, do not underestimate the small things, guys. That's where it starts. So one of the, um, when we talk, I think we, well, one of the things that we talked about um, with like choices, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They talk about they refer to Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning. Yes. Um, so he was in Nazi Germany with the death, the concentration camps. And this is one of the things. So as Viktor Frankl discovered within the death camps of Nazi Germany, who lived in concentration camps, wait, we who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have had few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. And there were choices to make every day, every hour, every every hour offered the opportunity to make a decision, a decision which determined whether you would or would not to sub- submit to those powers which threatened to rob you of your very self, your inner freedom, which determined whether or not you would become the plaything of circumstance. And so then they comment, we may find it convenient to live with the illusion that circumstances or other people are responsible for the quality of our lives, but the reality is that we are responsible. And then it says response able for our choices. And while these choices may seem small and insignificant at the time, like tiny mountains that come together to create a mighty river, these decisions join together to move us with increasing force towards our final destiny. Over time, our choices become habits of the heart. And more than any other factor, these habits of the heart affect our time and the quality of our lives. Yeah. I love Viktor Frankl. Guys, please read that book. It's like man's search for meaning, but it, this reminds me so much too, of like the self-coaching model from Brooke Castillo. Like again, that circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results, like this has been the biggest aha moment of my year is just like recognizing that my feelings and the way I feel about things and the actions and the quality of my life, like it just said, has nothing to do with my circumstances. 
Like, and it's, it's so easy for us to want to believe that, to want to believe that this is just who I am. This is the family I was born into. This is the body I was born into. This was, these are whatever. And it's, it's easy to almost want to feel like victims to our circumstances. And I know we don't really like, and I understand I'm not, life isn't fair people. Like I understand. Go ahead. It's it's like those things are like that we tend to go towards those things because it's easy. Like, yeah, it's so much easier. I mean, for a year, like it was easier for me to say like, oh, you know, like diet culture. Yeah. Diet culture. Oh, Mm -hmm. like, you know, people in my lives, their relationships with food were negative. Okay. That's great. But like, who was putting food, who was at the end of the day, putting the food in my mouth? Nobody was force feeding me. No one was starving my me. Like it was me. Mm -hmm. And for a while, like I truly believe like, obviously like my life it all played out how it was supposed to play out but like if I would have understood that sooner that like yes growing up in the 2000s like with diet culture and the low fat like low calorie like that does play a role in it but it's not everything Mm -hmm. and like now I know different and I know I know the like the things that can influence other things and my role in it like call it what it is and move forward. Mm-hmm. No. And that's exactly it. Like this, this, these are the set of circumstances that I find myself in now. And like, and circumstances are neutral. Like, I think that's been the biggest thing too, is just recognizing like the weight on the scale is neutral. It is not good. It is not bad. It is and, and depend. It all depends on your perspective. Like, yeah. cause one person, one weight might mean something completely different to another person. And notice that it's all based on their own personal thoughts about that number. And I read Leah's like, even just the idea of like, I've got clients in the UK who focus on stone. I'm here now living in New Zealand. They do everything in kilograms, right? Like you and I are American and we go off pounds. Like certain numbers based on like in that that unit of measurement mean nothing to me. Like you can tell me how many stone I am and it means there's no context. There's no like, oh, I feel really good about that. Like I have no idea because I have no context for it. So that right there just says that it's a neutral thing. And so it's based on like recognizing that our thoughts and feelings are based on our own and we can have, we are response able. I love that. Like we are able to respond differently just by the way we choose to think about things and the way we choose to act about things differently. Yeah. One of the things um, I was trying to, I found it on my phone, but not in the book. It's in the book, but it says, as we make and commit and keep commitments, even small commitments, we did, we begin to establish an inner integrity that gives us the awareness of self-control and courage and strength to accept more of the responsibility of our own lives. By making and keeping promises to ourselves and others, little by little, our honor becomes greater than our moods. And I I highlighted that in the book because I was like, a lot of it was, and like our honor becomes greater than our moods. Like I'm going mm. to act consistently with this principle-based person versus, oh, I feel tired. Oh, I feel I'm feeling overwhelmed today. So therefore I'm not going to keep this commitment to hop on the podcast or go for my walk. That is discipline. Yes. 
That is the difference between motivation and discipline. Would you say honor over mood? Yeah, our honor becomes greater than our moods. That is how you build discipline. But I need everybody right now. Like if you want to have confidence, if you want to build trust with yourself, if you want to feel good about yourself, and if you want the actual results that you know that you are capable of, you have to keep small small promises to yourself. Like, I think sometimes like there's that whole, you know, yes, you are responsible for your life. It's just like you said, like, I know that no one else was putting the food in my mouth except for me. The problem is then people get in this space where they just beat themselves up to no end. They're shaming themselves. They're, they're, they're eroding their relationship with themselves by shaming and being so cruel to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I just want people to recognize the way you build it is by small, like small habits, tiny habits, small promises to the point that like, it is like, you have to start with something that like, there's no way that you could possibly not achieve it. Like literally start with just eight ounces of water, one cup of water. When you first wake up in the morning, if you did it, then allow yourself to feel proud of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. It may start with a walk around the block, like literally, like, I don't know how long that is for you, but just a walk around the block. And instead of feeling like, yeah, but it was just around the block. No, you freaking feel proud of yourself. You feel proud of yourself because you kept a promise to yourself and like recognize that when you, the more often that you actually follow through on these tiny promises and allow yourself to feel proud of yourself, the most effective form of human motivation is progress. It's allowing yourself to feel proud of how far you have come. Just like you said, like that was it. You did yoga. And instead of tearing your body apart and feeling uncomfortable, you took a moment and you thought about how far you have come. You recognized your pro your progress. You felt proud of yourself and notice you keep showing up because of that. You have to make it small and you have to be able to recognize and feel proud of it. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, uh, like it's not to say that those thoughts, feelings about body type things don't come up. It's just that like when the, I didn't have anything to like counteract that years ago, now I'm like, oh no, like if you're going to challenge me with that, like I'm going to bring forth all of the evidence that I'm showing up for myself, that I'm sticking to my word, that I feel incredible. Like I'm going to, I'm going to show myself the evidence and if you have to write that stuff down, write it down. Like I have like my habits list, right? So I can, I can visually see like those things that I did every day. And if, if you're a visual, I think everybody should do that. But I'm, I personally, like, I need to see that for myself so that I know, you know, there can be so many things that happen throughout the day. You can wake up late. You can have a surprise meeting. You can have back-to-back -back meetings. Something could blow up at work. Like it doesn't matter what it is, but those things at least got done. And at the end of the day, that can still be a good day. Regardless 100%. Of what happens. That's why, like for us, like the foundation in the Rediscover You Free program, we have a habit tracker with our foundational habits and we have our three to one journal. And like, so we have our three gratitudes and the two things you're proud of yourself for, the two things that you accomplished. Like finding something to allow yourself to feel proud of yourself for because you going to bed and just being like this was this was a waste of a day I can't believe like beating yourself up dude I've done it I've done it for years where I would just like come to the end of the day and just like 
berate myself for all the ways that I fell short of my own expectations and it got me nowhere. Like, but making that intentional time to recognize your wins, to recognize, did you make your bed? Did you drink a glass of water? Did you go for a walk around the block? Did you say something nice to your husband? Whatever it is, like, and let yourself feel proud of it. So I, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you sharing the book. I can't wait to read the book. Yeah. And so one of the things, um, I have to figure out how I'm going to do this, but one of the things, um, at the end of the book, um, that they have is like a, it's like a little index saying when there's too much to do and too little time. And then it has all the pages to go to and read when you are struggling with your personal integrity, go to these pages. When you can't seem to find time to exercise, go to these pages. Um, I mean, like when you don't know what is most important, go read these ones. Whoa. Like, yeah, yeah. Why traditional time management doesn't work. Like they just have, and then the, the really, really cool part. And I have to figure out what my, this is a challenge for me is to go take yourself for a weekend and you have to go on a personal retreat and take time to deeply consider questions. And it's like this whole deep dive into your life. Like, like if I had unlimited times and resources, what would I choose to do? Who's the one person in my life that's had the most impact? Um, what quality of life results do I desire that are different from what I have now? How am I, how am I going to know I'm satisfied? What quality results do I desire that are different from different areas? Like, what are my mental needs? What are my capacities that I need? What are important roles? Like, it has this huge thing that you're supposed to go through and walk through. Um, and then you develop your mission statement. And it's just, it's cool. All right. So I, you're telling me I need to order the physical book. Yes. I would recommend ordering the physical book. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. I tend to do audible just because a, I, that's how I, I tend to read and get through books a little bit easier, but also B I'm a nomad. And so for yes. me to commit to buying a physical book and having to carry it. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, the two you should obviously have are atomic habits and this book. And mostly because this book has a lot of visuals in it. Yes. And so it's like, well, wait, what are they? I mean, like literally like this is one of the pages, like just straight up graphs. And oh, like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, no, and that's, that's huge. Cause that is something too, like time management has been something I have obviously been working towards, Yeah, working towards my language. I'm rather than struggling. <laughs> and I want to end with this. Yes. It's something from his, from the book. And it's like this little, so like they'll, they'll just do normal writing and then it'll say Stephen and then like a little summary of something. Stephen Covey, by the way, guys, who's amazing. He wrote the seven habits of highly effective people as well. Please check out his books. (laughs) So it's a little, just brace yourself. So some years ago, I spoke to a group of university students on the subject of listening and living in harmony with conscience. In the process, we went through a listening exercise where I encouraged them to connect with their deep inner lives and listen to their conscience. What can you do to be a better student? What can you do to be a better son? What can you do to be a better daughter or a better roommate? What can you do to live a life of greater integrity? Afterwards, a woman came up to me and said, how do I know if what I'm hearing is really my conscience? 
what she was asking was a question many people ask. How can I know if what I'm hearing is my deep inner voice of conscience or some other voice, social conscience, scripting, or my own wishful thinking? I said, when we went through the listening exercise, did you feel or sense anything? She said, oh yes. She replied, I know so many of the things that I need to do to be a better person. And he said, well, then I suggest that you just forget your question and just do those things. As you do, you will become acquainted with the inner voice that will give you the answer to your question. I watched her expression and I said, you didn't like that answer, did you? And she <laughs> said, and he said, why not? And she sighed, I don't have an excuse anymore. Mm. A year later, I spoke at the same university on another subject and the same woman came up to me afterwards and introduced herself again, reminding me of the question she asked the year before. As the situation came back to my memory, I said, so what happened? She said, I did those things and I took it seriously. And she said, he said, what did you do? And she said, I began to study the wisdom literature in a serious way. I made reconciliation with certain individuals that I thought I could just forget because I didn't like them. I became more cooperative at home, more helpful. I stopped procrastinating as a student. I realized I had stewardship as a student as well as stewardships for my family and for my church. I tried to be more pleasant with my brothers and sisters. I didn't talk back to my parents. I became less defensive and angry. She paused for a moment and said, I know very clearly now the difference between the voice and the so many other voices within and without. Several years later, I was speaking to another group in another state. And in fact, she came up to me once more. Would you be interested in the third installment? She asked. I told her I would, and she said, I can't believe the difference in my life once I started to realize that I have my own inner guide. I feel and sense, I feel a sense of direction in everything I do, and as long as I'm true to it, everything seems to work together to make it happen. And then to like end out the chapter, he says, this is the es essence of principle-centered living. It's creating an open channel with the deep inner knowing and acting with, and acting with integrity to it. Then I, I highlighted, it's having the character and the confidence to listen and to live by your own conscience. This is obviously not a quick fix. As this young woman discovered, it takes tremendous effort and investment over time. But the more we're able to do it, the more we're able, we're able to experience the quality of life fruits that come with the principle-centered life. I love that. So it's going to take time. Time. And I, I remember like being like at the depths of like struggling with eating and like, I knew what I had to do. I knew that I shouldn't have been dieting. I knew that like trying to find the next quick fix was not going to be the thing. Like, you know, deep down the things you're supposed to do. Everyone knows them. So our challenge to you is to start doing them. Oh, oh, Mic drop by Victoria. <laughs> oh so my that's gosh. What we'll, that's what we'll leave you with. I love that. I because that recently, that's so huge. Recently, I had yeah. one of our, our women in the group was just like, I yeah, I'm seeing results and I am, you know, I am losing some weight and I've been, I'm feeling really good. Like she said, I feel really good and I'm able to allow foods. She's like, but you know, like. I want to, you know, she has a wedding coming up. She's like, but I want to like, what, do, what should I be doing? Should I be counting macros? Should I be I'm like, no, you keep doing what you've been doing. You don't yeah. change anything. You just stay 
the course. And that's why I do think like having a support system, having accountability, when you have those moments of self-doubt or feeling like you want things faster or you're, you're, you have the, the urge to go back to old habits and behaviors that you know did not serve you in the long run, to have a sounding board to talk to in those moments can change everything. Because again, yeah. guys, you do know what to do. You do know what to do. Don't listen to the noise. Don't listen. It's not going to be fast. It's not a magic pill, but I promise you going slow and steady and building trust with yourself, building evidence with yourself, keeping small promises, doing small changes, compounding over time. It is the most sustainable and most rewarding way of going about it. Yes. Have a lovely week, you guys. We hope you got something out of this episode and go read first things first. Yes. (laughs) Have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye.